You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And do I even have to tell you what we're talking about today? In fact, do I even have to tell you what we're talking about for the next couple of days? Because somehow, some way, Alabama goes down. Texas A&M celebrates with the biggest upset in college football. Thank you so much for making us your very first listen every day. You can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, the Locked On Podcast Network, and right here on YouTube every single day. That's why we call it the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm the host of the show. My name is Cole Thompson, at Mr. Cole Thompson, name right down there below. I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow on Twitter, name right down there. I will, add the, I will give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 May related content. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Listen every single day because I promise you, for all of you watching on Tagna, for all of you watching on YouTube, for all of you listening on iTunes, wherever you are, you are going to want to pass this out. We have such great content coming up this week and more importantly, for the remainder of the season. So... Let's just go ahead and talk about this part real fast. Um, last week, I was very negative. I'll be the first to admit it. I was very negative on Texas A&M. And you know what? I think I was right to. I think the whole country was right to be negative on Texas A&M. Because Jimbo Fisher prefaced this team as so dang good. As a program that was not only going to exceed expectations off a 9-1 and season, but rather elevate the expectations. Take it to new heights. Soar to new levels. Bring it to brand new horizons. And make sure... That everything that you saw last season was not a fluke. It wasn't a one-year wonder. It was the start of something great. But unfortunately, sometimes those things take time. And that's the biggest thing. Sometimes those things take example and exceedingly amount of time. And it did. Because Arkansas game, maybe Arkansas played poorly. Then maybe a would be sitting at 5-1. and one. Maybe Mississippi State did not have Will Rogers, who learned the air raid offense during his time in high school and stayed at MSU when they announced that Mike Leach was coming to the program. Maybe they would be 6-0. Maybe. But here's what we know. That Texas A&M lost its starting quarterback in Week 2 with Haynes King, and Zach Calzada enters. We know that they're replacing four offensive linemen, and that is a big thing that I think a lot of people got to take credit for, is that... It's not just replacing one, two, three, four. It's replacing basically an entire offensive line besides your All-American left guard who, you know, you're kind of playing everywhere. You're playing at tackle. You're playing at right guard. You're playing at right tackle. You're playing at center. I mean, uh, left guard. He's literally taken a snap this season at every single spot. And the defense has had some injuries. I mean, I'm not going to give them all, you know, the lack of credit because of, this is the SEC. If you want to play in this division, you want to play. And as Jimbo Fisher said today at his press conference, as he says every single time we ask him this question, It's big boy football. It is big boy football. If you want to be great, you have got to play at big boy football level. And A&M didn't do that the first two games of SEC play. They didn't. And they dropped from number seven to number 15. Number 15 to no longer ranked. To going into Saturday night where most media outlets, including myself a little bit, did not preview this as the monumental game. Keep in mind that all offseason, all offseason, This was the game that people had dubbed, quote-unquote, the game. Never forget that CBS Sports 
gets one night game. They get one. One on SEC. Even with a loss to Arkansas, they still pick this game. And afterwards, everyone was upset. Everybody lost their minds. Everybody was heartbroken. Everyone was saying, why? Why this AM team? They're not good. This AM team, they're not there. They're not this team. And they didn't listen. They, they, they shut off social media. They closed the door on people like me, on people who work in this industry for a living. They silenced the critics. And they just went out and played football. They just went out and played what Jimbo Fisher has said. You can never doubt a coach like Jimbo Fisher because of he's played in the biggest games. He's seen through adversity. And most importantly, he's worked with Nick Saban. There's a little bit that rubs off over those years. Now, he hasn't worked with Nick Saban for over 15 years, but there's a little bit that rubs off. There's a few things you never uh, never forget. I can tell you right, guys, right now. There was a professor that I worked with when I was in college. His name was Lars Anderson. I still remember so many of the tools and traits that he has given me across the years. There's another writer that I have a lot of respect for. His name is Adam Kramer. I read his stuff daily. Tyler Dunn's another one. They have given me lessons. They've told me things, the positives, the ups and the downs, and things that I have to know talking about football, writing about football. And I've taken that. Jimbo Fisher took what he learned from Nick Saban and kept it hidden away. Put it down in his pocket, saved it for later. Went and learned under Bobby Bowden, took that in his pocket, saved it for later, and brought it to Texas a and on Saturday night. When the country said goodbye, A&M said hello. They came back. They played strong. This A&M team, this A&M team, the one that we saw on Saturday night, the one that made everybody cheer for a quarterback who cried and was upset two weeks in a row because if he thought he left, let his team down, shine bright. And in the middle of the third quarter, when his body was starting to deteriorate, when he was getting tired, when he was getting slow, 106 12th man personnel started chanting, Cal Zada, Cal Zada, Cal Zada. There's enough, there's enough. So many things went right for Texas A&M. Fast start, excellent offensive line play, great game plan. More importantly, really, really, really good plays by young players playing in their first Alabama A&M game of all time. Really good job. Great veteran leadership. And of course, the kick that saved AM season. AM was going to start the year off 0-3 for the first time since joining the SEC in conference play. Instead, they look to be arguably one of the hottest teams in college football moving into week six in the back half of the second part of the season. And on top of all of that, put that together, get the upset of the season. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. But before we do that, let me tell you a little bit about our, pre- our new partnership with our promo code Price Picks. Now, Price Picks, for those of you who don't know, is college football fantasy. So if you're into that fantasy pizzazz, listen up. I got a deal for you. You know how you play with anything else, you know, like fantasy on ESPN or Sleeper League or something like that? Prize Picks is the exact same. In fact, it might be even better than that. All you do is you uh, be your user, uh, you deposit your money, use the promo code Locked On, and you will receive a 100% deposit match worth up to $100. Bet 100, get 100. 
at 20, get 20 immediately. Just by signing up with L-O-C-K-E-N-E-D, you can get up to two to five players, the over-under projections. You can do it from every single conference. So the SEC, the Big Ten, MAC Nation. We can go to the AAC, the non-Power 5 schools. We can even go to the FCS if we really want to. Go ahead and get your picks in. They're daily wagers. You can get them in in under 60 seconds, and they always offer fast and quick, but more importantly, safe withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out Prize Picks right now with the promo code LOCKED ON and go visit them at the app or download the app today. Prize Picks is fantasy sports made easy. Prize Picks. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you once again for making this your first listen. You can check us out on iTunes, YouTube, and of course the LockedOnPodcast.com network. All right, so let's talk about the big positives of the game. Let's go ahead and break it down pound for pound of what was really good about this game, what was really good about what went right for Texas a So let's start off with the first thing. Really great protection up front. One of the biggest keys that Jimbo Fisher has talked about is that he believes that this offensive line could be better than what you saw last season. And I had to say for most of the season, uh, really? That, that offense? No, no, no. They gave up four sacks last year. They gave up four sacks in one game. Doesn't work that way. But the combination of Kenyon Green playing left tackle, Blake Trainer, a tackle by trade being moved into left guard for the game, Bryce Foster, Layden Robinson, and Ruben Fathery. The six foot seven, I mean, yeah, the six foot seven freshman tackle on the right side proved to be evident. Calzada was pressured three times on the day. He had one big mistake because of pressure, and that was an interception. That was a horrible interception. I'm not gonna really get into that because of again, I want to talk positive today because there's a lot of positives to talk about. But on top of that, no sacks. This has been, I think, only the second game. I think they did not give up a sack against uh, New Mexico either. But this is only the second game. They did not give up a sack. By the way, it's back-to-back years. Just keep this in mind. It's back-to-back years against Alabama. They did not give up a sack. Last season, they gave up four sacks. Two came against Vanderbilt in the first game. One came against Mississippi State. One came against Tennessee. Four total sacks on Kellen Mond. They did not give up a single sack last year to to Alabama. They did not give up a single sack this year to Alabama. That is huge because of what happened was, part number two, Calzada had time. One of the biggest things that I said all offseason, one of the biggest things that you, the listener, have heard multiple times on the show is that I believe that Zach Calzada could actually work for this team. I have watched him throw in practice, and he has a pretty deep ball. He has a beautiful spiral. He can go ahead and sling that rock as fast as he wants. There is a lot to like about Zach Calzada's arm, but... I did not trust his legs just yet. I did not trust that he could move with his legs overall because the biggest thing was that everyone said he was a pocket-passing quarterback, and that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with being a pocket-passing quarterback. That's what makes your skill set so great. But on the flip side, and we got to talk about this part, when you look at where A&M was, offensive line play has really hurt him. Good offensive line play, good calzada. Over 300 passing yards, one mistake, and again, I think the mistake was more so on a misdirection to, uh, I think it was Anaya Smith uh, was the wide receiver. I think that he thought he was going in instead of out because you can very much see when he's going to do the button hook to come back. Uh, Smith is having his hands on the outside, so he's completely out of the play. Calzada throws inside direct where it would hit him, uh, probably on the 
uh, on the, uh, the the left side of his hands, and it allowed – I forget the safety's name for Alabama off the top of my head. Uh, it allowed him, number two, to just kind of sit there, make the play, drop to his knees, ball gets back to them. So, again, besides that, 300 passing yards, three total touchdowns. One other play that I will say that I do think that if you, do, if you make this play, you 100% win the game, and you don't have to worry about the kick. But there was a third – a second down play where Calzada was a little bit pressured – because I think it was a five-man blitz from Alabama. It was, either, it was either a five or a six-man blitz from Alabama. But the offensive line held for three seconds. After that, all hell has to break loose. That's kind of a cardinal rule for a quarterback. If you hold it longer than three seconds, one, two, three, four, run. Like, you got to get out of there. You can't ask an offensive lineman to hold a block longer than three seconds. Now, if you do have that, then your offensive line is stable. Your offensive line is fantastic. Your offensive line has doing its best job. And I think that they did average, you know, about 3.7 seconds per play. So I really like that. They did their job. But he had a wide running lane. He had an absolute wide running lane. I was sitting there talking to uh, Olin Buchanan from Texas. We were watching the play. We sit next to each other in press box. And... You can see from the press box about 25 yards of open field. It would have been first down, so you would have reset the clock. On top of that, you would have kept the time possession in your favor. And I think the most important thing of that is you're gaining not only the first down, but you're probably gaining a run of 25, 35 yards. So that's really beneficial. But instead, you go and try and pass to Anaya Smith. I like, the, I like the fact that you try to take a deep shot, ice the game right there. You were about two feet too, too wide. If you get it about two feet more inward, you're hitting Smith in stride. That's touchdown. He did have the corner beat. He did have the play. It was a fabulous idea at the time. But when the timing is off by that little and that close of a game, sometimes it's better to take the run. And that, 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 those are the only two things I will say bad about Calzado. Everything else about this kid. You have to give a lot of credit to. And we're going to talk about him next in the other segment. But the other thing I really want to talk about real fast is the defense. Tyree Johnson, what he was able to do. Marvin Leal, pressuring from both the inside and the outside. For Michael Clements, whoever was lining up on Chris Owens, their right tackle, basically won every single matchup. Chris Owens has been a decent right tackle this year. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been, you know, terrible. The other thing is that he's been in Alabama's system for so long that you just kind of expect him to kind of pick it up with ease. Just like that, you know, whatever. It all it all works out kind of fine. They did lose their offensive line coach, Kyle Flood, to go to Texas. He became the offensive coordinator there. So maybe that did hurt a little bit. But Owens was beat every single play. Leal beat him. Clemens beat him. Tyree Johnson beat him. And I think that they got a total of four or five sacks on the day, which is huge. Young quarterbacks that get sacks tend to make mistakes. The pressure was great. The pressure was on. And when they were in the red zone, they got one of the best plays of the day, Damani Richardson sealing an interception, taking a turnover instead of positive points. That swung momentum in favor of AM. And then, of course, you got some other little things. You have really good play from Jalen Weidemeyer. Great blocking in the run game. You have very solid play from the wide receivers and Jalen Preston and Damon Demas and Moose Muhammad and Anaya Smith. He had two touchdowns on the day. But on top of that, you also had a really good run game. Now, the numbers won't say that. The numbers will say, oh, you know, it was under 100 rushing yards, but physical, brute style of running from Isaiah Spiller. Great open field speed. Get a lane, cut it back, let it fly, Devon Achen. You got to love that. On top of that, special teams has been waiting for a moment, for a while, 
Special teams have been waiting for this big breakout punt return. There have been three times this season where a punt return was called back due to a block in the back or a holding call. Instead, Devon A-Chain gets the kickoff after a blocked punt on a kick by Nick Constantino, gets recovered in the end zone. It's our one-score game. Takes it, blocking up front. Beautiful, absolute clear gap. And what happens? A-Chain, 96 yards the other way, untouched, Waltson into the end zone to make it a two-possession game. You have got to love when all things come together. You want in all three phases of the night. Now, there were moments where you lost. There were, there, there 100% were. You went three and out on three different occasions. You had a couple plays defensively where you did allow big-time touchdowns or big-time plays in coverage. And, and that's just something that you have to look at, you know, from a perspective of young players playing in that certain position. I'll talk probably more about that tomorrow on that, on, the, on that show. But there was a lot to like. There was very little not to like about this team. And even if a lost this game, I still think most Aggie fans would go this, wake up this morning and go, we're a better team than what we showed in weeks four and five. We are 100% are a better team than what we showed in weeks four and five. Our record won't say it, but we will have to come back, fight strong, fight true, and prove we are a better team. That's just what's going to have to happen. And I think that honestly, it can happen. You just got to give it a little bit of time. Uh, unfortunately for now, it, it, there's not a lot of time left because if you got to look at what moving ahead does Texas A&M do. This episode of Lock on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate, so the bars are soft and easy to chew? Plus, there's a unique variety of flavors. So they have everything from coconut to uh, uh, cherry barcia to a peanut butter brownie, and of course to the salty caramel. So whatever flavor you like, guess what? They got the bar for you. And if you don't know what flavor you like, that's actually totally okay, because what you can do is you can buy the variety pack to which you will get all flavors, all nine, about two bars in each. That way you know what to pick next time. The bars are great for you. They're great tasting. And more importantly, they help anybody lose or maintain weight because they only have about 17 to 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of net carbs, five grams of sugar. You're not going to find a product like this out anywhere else on the shelves. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On to receive a 15% welcome bonus with your very first purchase. That's Lock15, my bad, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, 1-5-1-5 to go get 15% off your very first purchase at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making us your very first listen every single day. But make sure you also get your second listen with Locked on SEC. Get your daily SEC news with SEC expert Chris Gordy in 30 minutes or less on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or the LockedOnPodcast.com. So I want to spend this last minute talking about one player. And you already know who it is. You, you do. But quarterback is the one position where you will get blamed for everything. You 100% will. It will always be your fault. You could throw for 550 yards and five touchdowns in one game. The other quarterback throws for 442 yards, six touchdowns in one game. You throw an interception, they don't. That interception's a pick six, game over. Your fault. Your defense could give up over 700 yards of defense, but you did not get 700 yards of offensive at the quarterback's fault. And Zach Calzada felt for a while, that this was not his team. I can only imagine what was going through that kid's head for most of the season. Not only did he get called into Jimbo Fisher's office and get told, hey, Haynes is the starter, you're the backup, enjoy, we're going to use you if we need you. That's it. The very first game against Kent State comes in, throws an interception. Oh boy, 
Here we go. This what's going to happen? All right, so be it. Then to watch Haynes King go down. Then to fumble at the goal line against Colorado. And not only fumble, but fumble so badly that it basically makes you move down the depth chart. Because everyone says, you're not good enough to win 10-7. You easily could have won that game. And it would have been, the final score would have been um, uh, 17-7. It would have been 17-7 because if you would have gotten two touchdowns. And nobody would have batted nine. It was like, okay, early season struggles, new quarterback, 17-7, we'll give them a pass. But instead you fumbled and you only won by three. So there is where the problem lies. Then you lose. You lose two games very early to an Arkansas team, which I believe is very good. I really do. And then an Ole, I mean a Mississippi State team, which lost to Memphis, which Memphis lost to, I believe it was um, UTSA. So when you lose that way to a Conference USA team, you're not that good of a team either. You just had a bad night. AM's defense was the problem that night. It wasn't really Calzada. Don't get me wrong, he only threw for 135 yards. But they allowed Will Rogers of MSU to throw for over 400 yards of offense. Oh, and by the way, they were ranked number 40 nationally in pass defense. And they allowed this team just to kind of obliterate, go away. Kind of like that. See ya. And to come into this game after what was posted on social media, Calzada took that that loss to Mississippi State hard. He took it so hard that you could see him vividly crying to his teammates saying, I let you down. I let you down. And by the way, Twitter was not nice. Twitter was absolutely livid at the kid that night. Worst quarterback in AM history. I could play better than him. Transfer and get the out of the SEC, you mother all the time. That was Twitter. Because AM, a projected top 10 team, college football playoff contender, easily the runner for the SEC West, along with the likes of Alabama, was now 0-2 in conference play. Sometimes it takes adversity. Sometimes it takes one moment, one thing to define what the rest of your life will be. And Calzada stepped up to the plate. Over 300 passing yards, smooth, easy transition, slowly but surely connecting left and right. Not a lot of mistakes. The mistakes that he did make, few overshot throws, few drop balls, 50-50. Partially on him, partially on the wide receiver. Sometimes you got to throw it in a little lighter. Sometimes a receiver, you just have to catch that. Plain and simple. That's just what you have to do. And you look at what AM needed. They needed their quarterback to step up big, and he did. First touchdown, finds the way to drive it down the field, connect with... Um, uh, Jalen Weidemeyer, second touchdown, finds a way to run it down the field, connect with the likes of Anaya Smith. Third touchdown, drives the ball. Great, great. I mean, you are not going to get a better throw. Go back and watch the Devon A. Chain 33-yard reception. Go back and watch it. You will not get a better throw. You 100% will not get a better throw on that. Perfectly lined up to go ahead and get the 15-yard touchdown, uh, touchdown run for Isaiah Spiller. You have your defense playing a little bit rough. Your team calls on you. You're now down. You go ahead and drive perfectly and deliver one of the most beautiful balls you will ever see thrown. Steep downfield. Nice Smith. What happened? You get hurt. Can't stand. Have to be helped off the field by your own teammates. 
have to be helped off the field by medical personnel. Here comes Blake Boast, sitting on the sideline, grabs his helmet, gets to work, starts warming up, firing passes, and like a boxer beating the bell. One, two, three. I don't know if he's coming out. Four, five, six. Alabama's got three. They're on third down. Seven, eight. They're going to punt. Nine, ten. I got it, coach. I got it. Come back in, get two completions, trust the run game, and then rely on the man who gave Jimbo Fisher his biggest win almost a year to the date over number three Florida in Kyle Field. One time was a 22-yarder, this time a 26-yarder. Four yards back, almost the exact same position. What happened? History was made. And for a brief second, for a moment, just for one quick second, you watched 106,000 people who turned on a kid. Keep in mind, he is a kid. He's 20, he's 20, 21 years old. You watched them come together, bring him into the world, put him on a pedestal, carry him out of Kyle Field. Calzada. 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 Disney would not make this movie because it would be against Nick Saban. And Nick Saban, everyone knows how big and powerful he is. Anybody else would 100% make this a made-for-television movie. You don't get many scripts like this written in your life. But for one brief moment, for one brief moment of life, everybody said number 10 has it. Number 10 is our guy. Cal Sa Da. Cal Sa Da. Win the game. Take a bow. That's going to do for this edition of Lockdown Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Lockdown Aggies. On tomorrow's show, how does this win help Texas A&M? How does this win help in recruiting? How does this help to beat up on Texas? Uh, you know, when they come and join the SEC, what are the biggest takeaways from this game? Is this the biggest win in program history? We'll talk all that and much, much more. See you tomorrow. Remember, take them y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.